But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man... But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Let's continue. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, Jacob, and he answered. The man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place of Penel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Lord Jesus, we give thanks this morning. We bless your word. We ask you this morning that you may do what you need to do through your word. And we know that you have a will that comes from the heavens to break and remove things from our lives so you can do your purpose. We put ourselves in your house, in your hands, as well as our sister Patty. We continue bringing peace into their lives and healing. As for Sister Helen, Lord, and for those who have been sick at home, we just ask that you may manifest yourself in their lives, bring them healing, Lord, and do your will. In your name we pray, amen. Tell your neighbor. Continue insisting. Jacob finds himself with his brother, Esau, after he took the blessing. If we read verses ahead or before, you will realize that Jacob was a blessed man. All the things that Jacob had, all the things that he left with, and a prayer that he makes to God, and Jacob just didn't have one camp, he had two, and he had divided everything that he had into two camps. And he says, in case my brother comes, he can take this one. And this way one of the groups can escape. He was planning in a different way. Many times we forget. And when God talks over our lives. And and in here, we can see that Jacob was battling with that. Every time he got closer to the encounter, he was fearful. As we read, he crosses the river, he crosses the the stream with his family. He had already crossed his family, with his family, all his possessions, everything he had inherited. 
this is the point. There was a point where Jacob was left alone. He probably went back and to make sure that nothing was left behind, check, check what was going on. How many of you guys have done that? You know, sometimes you go back and you check your car, make sure you don't leave anything left behind. There was a time where Jacob was left alone. And before we enter our first point, you have to know that Jacob was moving under a promise. Jacob was obeying a promise, a promise that came from his great-grandfather, that then it came to his father Isaac, and now Jacob. Jacob was at the point, sorry, He says, go back to the place where I said I was going to bless you. Go back to the place where I want to bless you. In verse 9, if we go all the way back up, so we understand a little bit better the story. It says, in that same chapter, Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of it. The, I am unworthy of all kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I have, I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have have become two camps. Verse 11. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come back and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make you your descendants like the sand of the sea which cannot be counted this was the promise that he gave Isaac and this word continues to repeat itself and sometimes we forget what God has spoken over our lives and what he wants to do with our lives. We begin to lose focus because we think that God is taking too long. So that's going to take me to my first point. Sometimes you're going to have to fight alone. Sometimes you're going to have to fight alone. There are fights that we're going to have to fight by ourselves. God Sometimes God allows us to be alone because there are things that are set apart for ourselves and it only has your name on it. But what about my wife? What about my husband? What about my kids? There are things 
that God has determined that are just for you. I'm, I'm referring to the spiritual things. That when you look for them, you will find them. Especially when you're by yourself. Especially when you are alone. There are things that God has put your name on it. But you might say, well, I already have things. Or I already I have my husband. I have my wife. But, but what about my family and all the rest? My leaders? No. By yourself. Sometimes God needs you alone to help you determine what is yours. Many times, God is going to prepare that place. He will prepare it for you so that when you find Him when you are alone, He he can have an encounter with you so that you can fall in love with him once more. Sometimes you don't understand why or why you find yourself in the desert. Or sometimes your job or, or things get in the way. Sometimes we forget how important it is to be alone. God himself prepares that place so that you can have that battle, so you can have that fight. And you're going to have to fight them alone. How many times have you ever been in that spot where you feel alone, where you are alone, and you have felt alone in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the fight that you're going through, and you say, well, nobody understands me. Well, we don't have to understand you. What you have to understand is that God has prepared that time for you so that you can fight alone, so that you can fight by yourself. It's not our job to understand. Let me be honest with you. I got up. It was one of those days. I know what you're thinking. Pastor, you didn't pray. No, I got up. Nobody talked to me. I want to be alone. In my head, of course. And I think the heavens heard the prayer inside of me. And at the same time, it was one of the most busiest and also difficult days I had. And, and we even had a family party, and I didn't even go to that. And I had to minister as well. And in the middle of preparing my message, I was remembering that me and my mind, I, I wanted to be alone. And it's difficult sometimes because here on, on the land, you know, you get caught up in things and, and people and, and we forget and, and it's sometimes really difficult to be alone. But many times, demonstrates love, mercy, and grace 
in inexplainable ways. I, I had a, a phone call that came to me by Anthony. And for those of you who know, Anthony has just lost his father. He called me. And you know what he called me for? And this impacted my life. To ask me how I was. And that's what impacted me. He says, Pastor, how are you doing? How are you? Maybe we think sometimes being blessed is having everything that we want. Being blessed is knowing that you have the ability to walk, that you have the ability to have life. That is a blessing. Knowing that you can come to the house of God. anymore and pretty soon everything's going to be opened up again. Jacob knew what being blessed was. You have to know as a child of God what being blessed is. Me and you can have me and you can be blessed without having anything because all you need in your life is God. One of my wife's favorite verses is to first to first seek the kingdom of God. And it's we need to know where we stand because his word says that God will prosper my road. It's not about the materials. It's not about what we have. It's about who we walk with. God knows what you need. God knows your needs, what is missing in your life. But he is waiting in us. Point number two. Sometimes the battle will be long. Sometimes the battle will be long. Our battle with God, we have to understand that sometimes they're long. And you're going to have to fight. And you're going to have to keep fighting. Here's the problem. Ask me, what, what's the problem, Pastor? Our problem is that we get desperate. We get impatient. 
if I can be honest, when I first started the church, and we started with this group, we were the same 10 people for months. And I would always tell myself, is it, is it my fault? Maybe it wasn't my time. And in your promise, sometimes you see, you feel doubt. And I thought to myself, was I wrong? Was this not my time yet? And you find yourself in this place alone. And I wondered, was this not my time to pastor yet? But then a couple more months went by. And God began to show us that we were not alone. And that we were in his purpose. That we were part of the plan of the kingdom of God. That he had designed ADS. That he had designed it in the heavens. To not get impatient. Uh, If I'm speaking to you, don't become impatient. God is at the point of releasing something over your life. But the problem is sometimes when we get in when we get impatient, we stop lifting altars. We stop looking for altars. Sometimes you fight spiritually with God and, and sometimes it doesn't even have to be in, internally. Sometimes we do it with our emotions, with our attitude. But we get impatient in the middle of your, in our situations, in our circumstances. But God has not forgotten about you. And if he has promised it for you. But our problem sometimes is that we stop fighting. We stop looking for God. And we forget about the kingdom. The first thing we do is we start to express ourselves. And in the middle of expressing, we start allowing doubt and giving in to doubt. And it's normal to feel tired and feel like you have nothing left to give. But even if we're crawling, we have to keep fighting. Sometimes fear overpowers us. Like how I once was when I, in the beginning. You have to know that the desert was designed by God. Not for us to die. Maybe you'll die if, if you get impatient. But God did not design it for us to die. It was to mold your character. To form you. Many of the best leaders and prophets were taken through the desert, literally. Not the Bible institution, through the desert. He said, that's it, there's your biblical institution, the desert. Why? Because that is where character is molded. Come on Wednesdays, we're starting to release and talk about molding characters 
I encourage you to come Wednesdays. God doesn't need to take you to the desert to kill you. If God wanted to, if take take this in your heart out of everything I'm telling you. If God wanted to, there watching Facebook or being on your phone, a heart attack. God doesn't need to take you through the desert to take your life to kill you. Because he has purpose for you. He says, I'm going to take you to the desert so that you can fall in love with me again. That means that there's a purpose on behalf of God. When you go to the scripture, it shows us how to prepare ourselves to take us to our designated place. Forty days and forty nights Jesus spent in the desert praying and and fasting. Sometimes we can't even go a day of fasting. Does somebody understand me? Yes or no? We're talking about 40 days and 40 nights. And sometimes for some of us, we're going from 6 to 5 and by the time we get to 5, we're impatient and we're really hungry then. being in the desert for so long he was tempted with the same word to desert to make people strong to allow them to value to grow and many of our kids nowadays you know why they can't value because they haven't been through a desert like we we once were Understand the value of having a bed to sleep in, of having a roof over their head. They don't have the value of what a taco is. I don't, I don't know how to say buche in English. He's got me there. that sometimes my father didn't have enough food to give a seed. That's that's going through a desert.
cut the Wi-Fi out for my kids. I, ha- I did that to them one time, and, and I had to tell them, no, I, I turned it off, and I saw my, my sons trying to turn the button back on to reboot the Wi-Fi, and they were panicking. Some of them don't know the value of having a phone. My father was here and he when he would call to Guatemala. I had to search for pay phones and use other people's phones or or find a landline to, to be able to speak to my father just for 20 minutes. And now you have all your contacts right there on your phone. We even had to walk down to the, the corner store to, to, to buy the tickets to call another country. And some of our kids don't know the value of that. showed us that the food, you even had to earn it. You had to earn your food. Each of my kids have their own room. And before I know. And and we had to but before we had to sleep all together it was like 20 of us in one room and, and you had to tiptoe across and and that would suck if you had to go to the bathroom. I, I know that this is a different time and it's different now. But for us, the battles continue being the same. That the spiritual battles don't change. They continue being the same. or don't have either way he's behind you he's taking care of you you know why because we've been designed with a purpose because we've been designed with a plan and there are things that there are battles that are going to last through the night there are battles where you're going to have to sacrifice your sleep there are battles where you're going to have to get tired where you can't give anymore there are battles that are going to hurt you. But that is part of the process. And that just means that your assignment 
is much more bigger than you could ever imagine. When we started this will of God, God had spoken over my life. The promise that had come on behalf of God. So whenever I see God moving and moving in each area, in each place, I still find myself sometimes battling, struggling, hurting. And sometimes I has been my turn to feel hurt, to be wounded. We were reading here that that's how Jacob was struggling. And I want to believe that Jacob was strong. Because he was able to hold them for so long. I don't know what he did. If he kept them in a lock or something. But to have them held down for so long. To not let him go. And look how he recognizes him. Because he said that he fought with him until daybreak until the sun started to come up and he told him I will not let you go until you bless me overnight services we have people that complain and we they ask us well, when is this gonna finish and they don't get emotional anymore they don't get excited back back when when we when we were you know a smaller church sometimes we wouldn't finish our overnight services till 6 a.m. to have uh, a, a dinner and not even be here for that long we get impatient
more we read, the more you see that he was a man of God. Some have the definition of an angel. Um, but the point of this was that he was in the middle of the desert waiting a promise. He was obeying the word that was given to him. He knew that he had to fight for that blessing. I don't know if he was fighting for his life to a certain point. But something that I can see in the middle of it. told him, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And he continued to insist. And sometimes our problem is we stop insisting. We stop. And with this, I'm going to finish. Point number three. Don't be overcome. Don't be overcome. held back knowing that we are moving under a promise you can't hold yourself you can't hold back because God is moving you through a promise he's moving you through a word when you know your purpose when you know why you're fighting you can't surrender you won't when you know that there's purpose when you know that you're in the plan of God you can't go backwards because you know that you're fighting for something. There are people that stop fighting for their marriage. Because sometimes it's more easier to abandon ship. Sometimes it's easier to jump ship. themselves to be overcome, remove themselves from the purpose. And it's not just people who have been disconnected, but it's people who detach themselves from the vine. Because when you, and when you detach yourself from the vine, you stop giving fruits. When you detach yourself from the vine, you are no longer growing anything. You're not providing anything. You cannot disconnect yourself from the vine. Because your victory is getting closer than, than before. You can't be fighting thinking that you're going to lose already. No, you have to fight knowing that you're going to conquer. If you're here, then you're getting closer to conquering. Because... God has promised something over your life. 
go to a competition with that kind of mentality definitely don't have a purpose for why they're there. But the athletes here, and I've talked about this, athletes here in the United States, they don't prepare themselves for four years just to go to a competition to say, well, I'm just going to go to lose. Why am I going, you know? Just going to go lose. Especially athletes, American athletes, they are ready to stand in a podium that says first place. And I'm telling you that you can't go to a battle thinking that the enemy is going to destroy you. No, you have to go thinking that even though you're going through the desert, you're gonna go lift flags in the desert and that you're gonna get your victory that you're gonna that you're gonna see victory at the end that when that battle is over that battle or that flag will be lifted to show your victory to show that you have won but nobody's going thinking oh i'm just gonna go participate we participated in the United States if you don't do good in a competition you know what they do they go back and make adjustments they fix what messed them up the last time the moral of this story is that you have to come back when you when you've lost you have to come back adjust yourself rearrange yourself and prepare yourself once more surrender we probably even said lord take me with the pandemic sometimes we ourselves make ourselves miserable we allow ourselves to get frustrated when you come to the house of god you have to come with joy with gratitude if you're arguing with your husband or with your wife leave it outside and you have joy in the in the presence of God.
run track back in my day when I was young. And I used to run the 4 by 100 100 by 4 A relay is the point. track meets. Oh, ten, I'm sorry. And after each track meet, the the schools, it was about five uh, schools that were in the league. And at the end, we would gather. And I'm going to get a little embarrassed with this one. The whole season, we didn't win not one race. And to make it worse, there was a school that didn't even have a relay team. And let me tell you, we still lost. teammates you should have at least walked we could have won something we won every we lost every single every single game each competition we lost and our trainer and, and we had good we had good athletes on our team they went to the university made things you know had scholarships someone on our team from Jamaica and he said well what are we going to do he said I don't want to be embarrassed anymore we didn't let we didn't let each situation each loss every day at 5 a.m. before school and we would practice and we would train and then we still had to practice later on our assigned practice uh, after school and we began to prepare ourselves like never before we would practice with the whole group and And 
there are going to be times where we're going to have to sacrifice so much and we're going to have to give a part of ourselves and you're going to have to keep going and keep practicing and, and give more effort each time we can't allow ourselves to be comfortable because sometimes that's what happens we become comfortable we like comfortable because there are people that feel fine and for some people being in an evangelism group helps them feel good there are people that feel great because they have a Costco membership your place in the kingdom of God. You have to know where God wants to place you. And everybody who has a Costco card is looking at me funny now. No, I'm just kidding. But it's true. Being part of the kingdom has to be important to you. 